Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer. We're recording now our 4A preview. Depending on which order you're listening to it, this may be the last one. I don't know. If you go in order, one, two, three, four, this is the last one. If you go backward, it could be your first one. I don't know. Joined again with Kyler Staley, Dominic Neely. Guys, again, how are you doing? Good. Doing well. Any Anything changed in the last hour and a half since we started the 3A podcast? A little bit more snow on the ground, I think. A little bit more snow. Yeah. Maybe it's just a little bit more windier. Who knows? Little, I haven't been outside. A little, a little, a little more windier. That's is that that Bedford vernacular rolling That's, out there? That's that is. Yep. There Gee, it is. Chris, is that like I, more I better? Ain't apologize for is it. Is it more better? <laughs> more I ain't gonna apologize for it. <laughs> more, it's more windier. Uh, we're recording this uh, Wednesday evening. What time is it? 10.30. They had 10.22. So it's late. Getting late. Uh, we're going to be publishing these on Monday. So if you're getting this, anything big happens between now and then, we, we apologize for missing it. Uh, we are going to do, as we have in the other classes, the top 10 list, top 10 teams in each class. Each of us are going to give our teams from 10 to 1. Uh, then we'll, at the end of it, we'll throw, we'll throw out some more teams, too. You know, last year we touched on it in the 3A podcast, uh, Dominique, um, and a little bit Kyler too, because last year Kyler wasn't recording with us during the regular during the school season. We we noted that Zach and I noted an awful lot that it seems like every time we turned around, we were naming some team that had a really strong junior class, and that it was going to lead to a wide open, a wide open class of 2023 state championship and I think that's exactly where we're headed I thought 4a was by far the most difficult to to figure out beyond maybe five or six because there just were so many good teams uh you know and it's the big schools they have they have bigger name talents that's fine um you know and there, there's going to be some teams that slip in there and I, to me it was it was tougher once they got past well, the, the first eight were kind of easy. I had to figure out what the order was. But then after that, it was just like, man, there's just a lot of parity. There's even parity beyond – there's just a lot of parity. I, I guess we'll touch on it as we go up, up the ladder. But um, anything – Dominique, who was – anything before we start? No. I uh, I do want to get – at the end there, I do, we got, you know, a good amount of other teams there, right? And then there is a couple of Fort Wayne area teams as well. I wanted to talk about that probably won't be in the top 10 or mentioned in the others, but just to get some publicity there for them. It's all good. We, we got, we'll have, I've got probably 20 teams that I, that didn't make <laughs> the top 10. I got 20 teams that, that could have made the top 10, but didn't. Um, I, I'm like you. I, I struggled. I mean, my first six were pretty easy, uh, but after that, rounding out my top ten, I I struggled. I spent about an hour going back and forth on teams. Yeah, I got I got down to eight. 
pretty easily. And then I wrote down five teams and picked two of them. And, and I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll talk about them as we go up the list. Uh, but, um, but there are still some other teams. I mean, we're, look, we got some guys that I don't know. We just we got some guys in Division One names that aren't going to make it. And that's what four A's. You know, that's what it happens sometimes at the four A level. Uh, but anyway, we'll start with Dom. We'll start with the new guy, Dominique. Who was your Who was your tenth? I'm rolling with Southport at, at ten. Uh, really love their backcourt, AJ Dantzler. I think he's uh, healthy now. I know he had some foot issues in the uh, summer or spring and summer. I think it kept them out all spring and summer. Um, but uh, he is back healthy now. So really like AJ Dancer. I know he's got some mid-major offers. Keon Miller uh, as well. Really like his game. Um, and then – Love coaching him in the fall league, by the way. That was, that was Yeah. Funny. Is he committed to D2 or did he have D2 offers maybe? No, he's, uh, he's uncommitted. Right now his offers are at the NAI level. Are they? Yeah. Okay. And I, and I think size there is a factor and and how pure of a shooter he is. Uh, I think Scott, some things that he's going to be able to prove this year. He, he could end up being a guy that – I mean, he could end up being a guy that goes the Juco route, not because of academics, but because he wants an opportunity to get re-recruited. He could also be a guy that could end up taking a post-grad year somewhere if, if something right. is of, of interest because he would be a kid that would benefit greatly from maybe improving his floor. Yeah. Um, if, if there are some teams that, cause I, I think he's, he's a great table setter, you know, obviously he has to share that load with Dantzler, but, but he's definitely a, you know, guy that I think, you know, can, can play just like be the lead guard. And I was going to say then two of the most athletic forwards, I think with Pinkston and uh, Nickens Lemba, um, Certainly going to be on the boards, blocking shots, getting dunks, creating excitement plays. I just think with softboard is just finding, making sure they have consistent shooting, being able to space the floor. And I think they do have a, a shooter. I'm not, the name is escaping me right now, but I believe they might start a, a shooter there for their fifth starter, along with Dantzler, Miller, Pinkston, and Lemba. Um, but uh, but no, I like I like softboard. Let me dig that name up here for you. Um, might be a junior as well. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I'll be seeing Southport as well play uh, at Southport in the t the forum tip forum uh, tip off classic. There, Tanner Piercefield. Yeah. Who you were thinking of? R really disappointed. I can't make it to the Southport this year. Okay. I'll be uh I'll be at Kansas for the IU game. Bummer. <laughs> I know. Damn it! Damn it! I gotta go. I gotta go to Fog Island Field House. Uh, you driven out there yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. This will be my very first time. So. It's neat. It's cool. It's. I mean, it's. It, it's. I mean, the arena's nice. In Kansas, the, the campus is kind of flat and boring, but. I mean, we didn't travel around it too much. We went out there. It's. It's about forty minutes west of Kansas City. And oh. took a, took a trip over there. That's where I got the rules of basketball. <laughs> Can't see That's them, but cool. they're, behind, they're behind me on the wall there. That's cool. 
cats knock down the Butler picture. Not not a Butler fan, eh? Not a yeah, the cats are not Butler fans. <laughs> uh, but the rules of basketball is still there. So that whole wall is going to be changed up here in the next couple weeks. But uh, that's another issue. Uh, Bloomington North is my 10th. Real quick, Dominique, I think the thing with Southport for me, I didn't have my top 10. I, again, I, I got to see him do it, you know? Yeah. They've, they've had all this talent. They've had all this talent for a while. Dantzler has had issues staying healthy through no fault of his own. Um, and they just got to do it. And they, they got to they gotta produce and they got to win consistently. Uh, there, there should be enough talent there that even a dancer doesn't play, they should be still good. And, you know, they, they struggle to find, they, they struggle to be consistent throughout all of it. And, and as good as the Pinkstons, especially Jaden, uh, the, that's definitely a nice athletic addition. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said their, their question is going to be shooting. Uh, dancer can certainly shoot it. Yeah. Uh, I saw him put up what 40 six or something like that one game something to that, to that effect yeah uh keon miller's is an improving shooter and you know the, the talent is there the question is just they got to put it together uh my 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 10th is bloomington north uh you know jq roberts i i do, I do think they're going to have to answer a lot of questions uh in, in the backcourt with you know with losing claver um, they, they've got some good kids. Uh, you know, they've got some decent kids that should move up from the JV level that'll get a chance to, to contribute. Uh, Jabril Conte's son, it will be a forward alongside of, of JQ. Um, and then the, the rest of it's going to be, I mean, they've got some interesting kids. I mean, Lucas Vinsel is it, is it going to be, is going to be a senior. He should get opportunities to get into a bigger role. Uh, the younger Steinfeld kid, um, will probably have a bigger role for them as a, as a junior. Uh, another big kid for them, Nehemiah Dangerfield, who definitely looks the part. I, I was impressed with him during JV games last year. I don't know what their plans are with him, but he definitely has a great body and should be able to produce something for them. Um, and, you know, they just – they are going to have to answer some questions in the backcourt. Uh, uh you know, but I, I think J.Q. Roberts is going to be that obviously a difference maker of, a, of an athlete, difference maker of a talent. Kyler, who's your 10th? I have Brownsburg as my number 10. Okay. Uh, obviously, a very talented junior class, 2024s, you know, led by Purdue Commit, Cannon Catchings. Uh, but I mean, Cam Bride, you know, the Poor Ass Brothers, you know, they're really solid as well. Um, I mean, I, I may be just a year ahead because uh, I feel like once they're all seniors, I feel like that's Brownsburg's probably going to be the team to beat next year. Um, but yeah, I really like them. I, I would think that they're the favorite to come out of sectional 12. I think, you know, Terre Haute North will give them fits. They're well coached, you know, playing field, Avon, they, they might give them a little bit of struggle. But I like this Brownsburg team, and I think they make it a leap this year. Yeah, what, I mean, Brownsburg last year, who beat them? I got pulled up right now. I'm looking. At, yeah, I'm looking it up too. Who beat them in the? Who beat them in the section? I think it was Terre Haute North beat them in the section. Yes, Terre Haute North because Terre Haute North made it to regional. See, here's a, and here's the thing with that because I looked at them. They they lost everybody. 
And I think the core of what they're going to play, Terre Haute North, that is. I think okay. the core of what they'll play. I mean, this kind of underscores where you where you're saying they're the favorite in section 12. I mean, certainly Avon, Plainfield, have, both those teams have everybody back. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I like Brownsburg's talent. We'll obviously get to that here in a few places for me. Um, seen catchings play yet, Dominique? Um, yeah, you probably have because you're Fort Wayne. You've probably been – seen him play with it in the summer right yeah i did see him play this summer with uh indy oh, we talked we talked about that last week didn't we on the oh, yeah i did see him. yeah yep you know they've also got elijah diallo yeah who we'll, we'll all talk about in a couple places later who was your eighth or your ninth kyler i had southport so just one ahead of dominique um i mean i really just like I'm the, the southport hater is that what's going on <laughs> you could be I don't. I, I really debated Southport, but yeah, I was like, you know what? Like they're a team, and I compare them to another team that's just, you know, they got the senior class this year. I feel like mm-hmm. it's now or never, obviously, for them to just kind of put it together. Um, and I, I think they got the talent. You know, I'm, I love Miller. You know, Nickens Limba is, is who he is at this point. We've we've seen him a ton. Um, but as far as experience, they've got the they've got it to get it done this year, and I, I think they you know, have all the potential in the world to make a run in the state tournament. Uh, my ninth is Anderson. Uh, the, the the duo of, of Mari Carson, Jaquan Ingram, both those guys are outstanding offensive players. Ingram is, is, is also equally good defensively. Um, I'll be curious to see who they have as like their primary ball handler when it's not Carson. I mean, Carson does a lot of it, but you know, the ball does stick with him sometimes. Uh, You know, I was, I refer to the Carmel Anderson game last year, a decent amount because I mean, Carmel had to do it without basically their seniors and had a tremendous run against them. Um, but I, I think Anderson returns enough. They've, they've also are going to get more uh, production out of Jalen Murphy, who we saw a lot in the fall league uh, th- this past fall. Uh, he's really improved his body. He's still got to get quicker. Uh, there's still going to be some issues with him defensively as, you know, getting up and down the floor. Uh, but also another kid, two, two younger guys that I think will get a chance to see some bigger, bigger minutes on the varsity level. One is Damian King, who will be a sophomore. Uh, the other is Lewis Jackson, who I think you'll see playing alongside of uh, Carson in the backcourt, or uh, Carson and Ingram, really, in the backcourt. But Ingram's just really stepped up his game. And he is – he'll be the one kid they have that is consistently locked in and engaged. And, you know, and that's, that's meant to be a compliment to him. It's, it, it is also serves as some, you know, some issues with others. You know, Carson's sometimes he can get a little, little disengaged when things aren't going his way. Uh, but Ingram is just full go the whole time. I love, I love watching him play. Dominic, who is your ninth? Tyler, we flip-flopped. I got Brownsburg. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I got Brownsburg. Um, yeah, I was going to mention Elijah Diallo. I think he was a leading scorer last year. Yeah. Um, and then obviously catching his production is going to take a big jump this year. And then yeah, a lot of a lot of juniors that are 
going to step it up as well. So, yeah, I like Brownsburg. Obviously, Coach Lynch, uh, great coach as well. So, yeah, I like, I like Brownsburg at number nine. Yeah, they're the one group that doesn't have that group of 2023 guys. I mean, Diallo obviously is, but but their, uh, their parade is the class of 2024. They've just got a gaggle of them. Um, I got them a little bit higher up. I guess I'll throw out some more names when we get to that point. But, but uh, Dominique, who was your eighth? I had North Central at eight. Um, I feel like they kind of have a maybe a big three there. Mason Lewis running the point, um, and then Poppy Rivera uh, mm-hmm. as well, who's going to kind of jump onto the scene a little bit. I think this year uh, it makes you know can really shoot it and, and score it. Um, and then obviously Joey Brown, their best player, six foot six, really versatile. Love his ability to get in the paint and make plays for obviously himself, but he can make plays for teammates as well. Um, so yeah, I, li- I like North Central a lot. Again, the health issue with Brown, that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's so he gonna be good to go the start of the season. I think so. Yeah. I think he was good to go at the end of the, end of the summer. Okay. In, in I, June, I, yeah. In June, I think is when he came back. Yeah, yeah he, that's right. I saw him. Yeah. And he was, um, You know, look, he's he's gonna have. I mean, his body type is is gonna be is gonna be the issue going forward with him. And it's again, no no fault of his own. He's just a slender build. And when when you've experienced some of the stress fractures that he's had, and some of the other injury issues that he's had, I shouldn't say that stress fractures as in plural. Had a stress fracture. He's had other injuries. Uh, he's just, you know, a lot of that's a function of growing. Now, you know, sometimes that completely stops when you get done. You know, and as he gets stronger, I mean, he's definitely talented. I've loved his motor the last two years. When he was a freshman, I thought that was the one thing that he really needed to work on. But then his sophomore year, he really, really took a big leap effort-wise and just being engaged the whole time. And, you know, it, it was, um, you know, Coach Dart has, has done an outstanding job of getting that group to play hard the whole time. They're going to be a team. You know, one thing I was going to say about North Central – because I've got them on my like outside looking in group, they they're going to be a factor even without if Brown isn't healthy, because they just pressure the hell out of you from the very beginning, and that reminds me of the old North Central teams that were really good under Coach Mitchell, just constant pressure, and it, it seemed like the the less talented they were, the more they pressured you, <laughs> you know, they because that was the way for them to fabricate that was a way for them to, to fabricate extra, you know, to create extra possessions because they were just going to turn you over. And if they can get Joey, if they can get Joey to be the back part of that press and be a guy that's, that scrapes up defensive rebounds, cause he can get it and go, he doesn't have to get, he has at the outlet. He yep. can rip and run. Um, I mean, his presence will certainly help them, but they'll, they'll be, they'll figure out a way to be competitive without it. They would be good enough to beat anybody at least once, you know, one time. I don't know if they could run it, without like I don't know if they could win a section without Joey Brown they could win a sectional game without Joey Brown yeah but I'm not sure they could win a sectional without Joey Brown I'm not sure they could do it three nights in a row or three three games in a row um just a lot of energy and, and at some point they will need that star power but you know Lewis is getting up there right he's he's improved um and then yeah Smith Rivera's younger brother 
look, you know, I agree with you, Dominic. Look for him to take a, you know, look for him to take a step, uh, getting more of our C minutes this year. Tyler, who, Kyler, who was your eighth? I've got Bloomington South. So South ahead of North, huh? I do. I really struggled. North. What am I missing there? J.R. Holmes. <laughs> that's who you're missing. That's my that's my thing. And I circled it on my list with them. I was like, until J.R. Holmes retires, I will always have Bloomington South in my top ten heading into the season. But I they just figure out ways to get it done. You know, last year, you know, they lost in overtime to Bloomington North. Um, they got a good trio of uh, of seniors. You know, Gavin Wisely, uh, Rhett Johnson, and Aiden uh, Schmitz. Um, then I also like Zach uh, Zach Sims, 2024. Um, I really like him a lot, but I mean, Bloomington South, they're just a well-coached team. They're a well-oiled machine. And, um, as long as J.R. Holmes is there, they're going to continue to run the same thing they've been running and they're going to find success. Bloomington North, if I'm comparing them, I just, I had a lot of question marks in the backcourt, especially with no Nick Claver this year for them and no Marco Fitch. And I, I think that's going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of weight on J, on J.Q. Roberts' shoulders, um, heading into the season. So I just like Bloomington South ahead of North and I like Bloomington South in my top 10. Yeah. Like I, like I said, North, North is going to have to answer some questions in the backcourt for sure. Um, my eighth is Zionsville. Um, they were the bottom of my uh, top tier. Yeah. I don't know. I, now I got maybe two. They're the bottom of my second tier. Which, which is not a bad place to be. Uh, they're, they're the um, the first of three sectional not, sectional eight teams in, in my top ten. I think sectional eight is going to be the predominant sectional this year. They're going to pass sectional ten um, for the first time in a little bit, of, you know, a little while. I mean, those two have been probably the top two sectionals, what, for a decade? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like, uh, but this year I think the power is going to be the, the more of the power will be in, in sectional eight, and, and that might be by degrees. And it doesn't mean you know, I mean, the, the, the state champ can still come out of sectional, sectional 10, but yeah, but Zionsville, I got eighth. I mean, Logan Imes clearly is one of the best guards in the state, Nick Ricard, Richard, however the hell I pronounce that name, Rehart, Rehart, yeah. It's like Kakalia all over again. It's like <laughs> you'd be around a kid for four years and you never learn how to pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, he's one of the best bigs in the state. They, they're going to probably have two Indiana All-Stars or have a shot at it. If they win a sectional, you can bet they're going to have two Indiana All-Stars. Uh, they've got other pieces to go with them. they got a nice sophomore class. I would expect McGuire Mitchell to, to be able to be a productive player at the varsity level. Uh, I would look for um, – I'm going to have to look his name up. I, Matthew, God, one of my favorite kids, and his name also is is hard. Matthew Wecklinski, W-L-E-K. That's a hard – I'll what never attempt that. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> uh, Wecklinski, uh, super, super role player, rebound. I mean, he's just – Great glue guy. I mean, all these things, all these nominal things we say about kids that that aren't going to be primary, you know, primary offensive options. Nash Wagner, another kid that's going to be um, another kid that's going to step into a bigger role for them varsity wise. You know, Edward Thomas also going to be a senior wing for them. 
you know, the, the key with him too is going to be health. He is no different than what we've talked about with, with Joey Brown. He's no different than what we talked about with AJ Dantzler. He's not to their level from a talent perspective necessarily, certainly not at a recruiting level, but, but a guy that has been sort of a difference maker for them in terms of when he's healthy, he gives them a slash they don't otherwise have. Now they are going to have to figure out a way to replace the shooting of Maccabee. Uh, they lost Jonathan Maccabee to graduation. Uh, he's definitely one of their best, one of their best shooters. Isaiah Davis was a, was an interesting, you know, was a nice piece for them as a skilled big who could shoot and stretch the floor. So they do have some of those elements they're going to have to replace. But again, I would look at, you know, McGuire Mitchell as a sophomore will be a kid that, that steps in and, and probably starts as a sophomore. And him and Nash Wagner both should see a lot of minutes. Uh, Nash will be a junior, but, but um, you know, they're going to have some young pieces to go with those, with those three seniors of, of Imes, Rehart, and, um, and Thomas. Dominique, who was your eighth? That was North Central. Okay, so I was the last one to go on eight. Who was your seventh, Dominique? I had your Carmel Greyhounds at seven. All right. Uh, um, I won't take that personally. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, obviously Sam Orm uh, headed to Belmont. Uh, you know, he's their best player. Uh, but yeah, Spencer White, um, Jared Bonds, um, and, you know, Carmel. Right? They're gonna. Yeah, no, Carmel. I know. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna be. They're gonna be good, man. They're. They're defensively. They pack it in, and and offensively, they get the shot they want. You know, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're just, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, but just wanted your opinion, Jim, on Carmel as far as talent-wise overall. Would, would you say that this is one of the teams that, from a talent perspective, is on the lower end of what they've had recently or in the past? I mean, it's hard to say. They're vulnerable. I mean, compared to what they've been in the past, they're vulnerable. They've, they've lost some kids to transfer the last few years um, or, or kids that just – they had a kid inexplicably quit in June uh, when I, I thought he would be walking into some major playing time, major role increase this year. Obviously, they they did not. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously I'll make my pitch for Carmel here, even though I don't have – they're not my seventh team. Um, you know, they, they lost Garway Duell during the summer. They He was a kid that struggled to find a place beginning of the year last year. They definitely saw his talent. He was definitely a defensive difference maker from the very beginning. Uh, he struggled without the basketball uh, for them and, and, and started to pick it up late in the year uh, and, and then transferred. I don't, I don't know that it was the best idea, but I've got a pretty negative bias uh, or just a bias in general against uh, prep schools at, at, at the undergrad level. I don't, there's no reason for me to, I wouldn't, there's no reason to leave any of these schools to go to a prep school as far as I'm concerned. I, again, each family has their own personal decisions to make. I get it. Not really begrudging them the fact, I mean, it doesn't matter. I've been critical of it, regardless of what schools these guys leave from. I've got a recorded 152 episodes of recorded history on my view of uh, going to an undergrad prep school, but um those were two pretty big pieces that I think going into June, they were going to, they thought they were going to be counting on this year. Uh, Garway, Duall, Clay Richards. What they're, what they have left 
I mean, you know, Moran's transferred out to Garen Catholic. We talked about him a lot in the 3A podcast. He was not part of their varsity mix in June. And how much of that played a role into his transfer to Garen? Uh, you'd have to ask the family for that. Um, but he's definitely going to be a nice piece for Garen. And, it, you know, at some point, all these losses is going to cut into Carmel's depth. Uh, I thought for sure coming into this year, this was going to be their deepest team uh, that has taken a hit, but they definitely have talent up top. Sam Orman, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Spencer White, Jared Bonds, both 6'5", 6'6". Well, Jared's probably 6'6", Spencer's probably 6'5". All three of those guys are versatile defenders. Jake Griffin, um, you know, kind of cutting into your, into your analysis here. But Jake Griffin, it should be one of their starting guards as well. And then they'll bring two underclassmen guards uh, competing for competing for time. Ryan Clevenger and Alex Kudo are going to be, you know, two kids that, you know, Kudo is probably the best shooter in the program right now. And he was really good in June. Really good. And to the Moran's transfer, they've also got two six five juniors that, you know, could very well, may get most of their minutes at the JV level. Uh, John Michael Malloy's little brother, Ryan Malloy, and then Owen Huber. Both those kids are, are pretty solid varsity kids. And, you know, the, the question will be for Carmel is what it's like next year. Uh, that, that's going to be the, that's going to be the challenge. This year, they, they'll be fine. Whether or not they win a sectional, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's, that's a discussion worth having here, high, a little higher up the list perhaps, but they also have a kid, Logan Reinhardt, who can come off the bench and handle the ball for them and hit shots. I mean, they've got talent. I think for me, the block is, is there some pieces that could have been here that aren't, and it's a coach's job to, to disregard that and move on and play with the guys you got. I mean, ultimately that's what a coach would do. If I was the head coach at Carmel, I would be like, you know what? I'm focused on the dudes that are here and not the dudes that aren't here, but not the coach at Carmel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it would be nice to see Duval Garway at Carmel. It would be nice to see Clay Richards, see if he stuck it out and see what this team would be. I mean, that would have been a group. You would have seen Carmel would have started. Their smallest starter would have been 6'5", if, if Clay and Garway were still around. And that's six five with six five, you know, everybody's six five or taller with each position, you know, realized. I mean, not not necessarily playing anybody out of position. Um, you know, not force feeding anybody into a position. Garway may not be your traditional point guard, but certainly good enough to be a primary ball handler at the high school level. So I mean, I think they'll still be good. I think they're still gonna be a state contender. Um, but they aren't going to be as deep as what, what I kind of thought they would be at the end of May. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, and I, I wasn't – yeah, I, I definitely think uh, regardless of the talent, like I said, they're going to have a, definitely have a chance to win sectional and move on and things like that. But I just thought from, you know, maybe they're start, starting five just from other years, recent, recent years, their talent was a little bit down than some of these other teams. Well, it's hard to – yeah. No, I mean, I think they're starting five as, as, as good as a lot of teams. 
they don't they don't have the size they've had in the past. Now they do have the size at other positions. They don't have the size up like at the center spot that they've had recently. Um, you know they don't have uh, they they've they can get pretty small in the backcourt, especially if Clevenger and Kudo out there at the same time. Both are pretty hard nosed kids. Um, they they'll be interchangeable defensively if they choose to be. You know, Bonds and Bonds does a lot of the dirty work defensively. He can guard bigger kids, and, and that frees up Orm a little bit to not have to necessarily play you know, post players necessarily. But there aren't a ton of impact posts. I mean, other than, you know, guys we'll get to later and Booker and Zane Dowdy, there's not a lot of guys. Well, Flory. I mean, those will be the teams you're going to have to beat to win a state championship. But game in, game out, there's just not a ton of size in the classes of 2023 and 2024. So, those, you know, those being the two predominantly varsity producing classes at this, you know, for this year. But um, you know, their, their issue last year was, was at the very beginning was Orm and Charlie Williams were both inconsistent to start the year. And it was just game in, game out. You knew what you were going to get out of Pete Suter and you didn't know what to expect from the others. And in the past it was, you know, they always had two or three guys you knew what to expect. You know, of course, Suter was part of that equation from his sophomore year on. I mean, he started as a freshman, but his freshman year, he basically was, you know, just an offensive rebound machine and a glue guy. Um, but finding that consistent, a consistent, like, I don't know if you want to say alpha, you know, alpha player, alpha dog, whatever you want to call it, you know, Orm's going to have to be that guy this year. You know, but they're also going to have to get production out of Spencer White. They're going to have to get production out of Jarrett Bonds. And those two guys have spent the last two years getting varsity minutes as sort of a secondary role. So both those guys are going to have to really step up in, in, a, in a big way if they're going to get to where they want to get. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can do it. Uh, they both, both those kids have the talent to do it. Uh, so the, the question is going to be is, is will they, and, and then will they have the depth to, to do it? You know, w w it'll come and play that second game. It'll come and play Saturday, you know, Saturday the sectional. Or it'll come and play the second game of the semi-state if they get that far. You know, they're going to have the depth. They're going to have the legs to, to play those games out and, and not not falter. Um, I think that's where Carmel has been hurt this year. And if those juniors can really step up, especially Malloy and, and Huber, if those guys can provide some minutes, then then a lot of this discussion might be moot. But um, you know the the losses of of the kids that they had coming in this year, um, you know that's something they're going to have to make up for um, in other ways. Is that good enough? I think that that sums it up pretty good. <laughs> Kyler, who was your seventh? Amy Noblesville. Another sectional eight team. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I mean, my personal opinion, I feel like they've underperformed to their potential the past few years with that group of uh, Luke Almodovar, you know, Preston Roberts, Cooper Bean. Um, I really like that trio of seniors. And plus you add in Aaron Fine, who's, you know, an excellent scorer. I mean, he had a big summer this year. I mean, 
I think they've got the makings this year. I think this is the year that they finally put it all together. And I think they have the makings of coming out of sectional eight this year. Um, they upset Zionsville last year, set next to you for that game, which that was yeah. a really fun, really fun game. But uh, yeah, I, I like this Noblesville team. Um, I've been high on them the past two years. And I think this is the year they finally, you know, they have a legit chance to get out of sectional eight. I'll be anxious to see what the freshman does for them. What his role is, Justin Curry. Justin Curry. Okay, I didn't yeah. have him listed because I forgot his name. Well, we we talked last week about our top ten prospects. I had him. I had him in that next my next list. You know, just top ten prospects, regardless of grade. You know, the one freshman, obviously, was Stephen Reynolds. Justin Curry, to me, is is that next guy in that class. And, you know, and maybe, you know, we might be missing one of the big kids from up north, the northwest, the northwest part of the state, the, the kid at, um, whose name I'm not even going to worry about remembering because different, you know, that's a different name for a different day. But, but Curry's definitely one of the top two or three freshmen in the, in the class, I think. And, you know, and he's, he shoots the ball well and they need that. I don't have Nobles on my top 10, but I definitely got them in my next group. Same here. And, you know, that's um, – that just makes sectional eight all that much tougher. Because if you've got – if you got Noblesville in the top 10 with Zionsville, who I've named, I'm sure Carmel and Fishers are on everybody's list. Uh, I didn't have Carmel. <laughs> you have Carmel in the top 10? They're like number eleven for me. Really? I, I just I I had a lot of questions, and I think you answered them for me. Yeah, so well, I think yeah, I, I answered a lot of questions. Yeah, um, I had a lot of questions with them. Well, my seventh is Brownsburg. It's okay. You don't have to have Carl in your top ten. It's all right. <laughs> Am I fired? I'm the, I'm the, no. I'm the one that gets in trouble if I don't have Carl in my top ten. I'm the one that gets side eye. <laughs> Couple of those dudes listen. I'll be getting text messages. Um, be like, who is this Kyler Staley guy? What the hell is he thinking? My number I've seventeen never was, was Brownsburg, and you know, again, we uh, want to get their list out here real quick. They're going to have six juniors that contribute the varsity level this year, in a in a big way. Obviously, Cannon Catchings is their big one. Uh, they're going to have the Paul Rath brothers, Cam Reich, J.D. Lynch, uh, Lat Brandon Lattimore, 6'7", six, 6'7", seven, six, seven junior. Did I name them all yet? <laughs> Drew Thompson, is he still – that's the one question mark. Is Drew Thompson still playing? I think he's he is. Soccer. I haven't listed. Yeah, he's a soccer I – mean, he's a soccer player. I think he, he is. He's – he and one of the poor rats are the ones that don't prioritize basketball. I mean, their junior class is as deep. I mean, it's definitely the best junior class in the state. I mean, catchings makes that happen. But then the poor rat kids and, and Coach Lynch's son are just tough as nails. And then Lattimore is, is just, he's just a nice big piece. He's just a, you know, he's going to be a kid that will be a role player this year and, and probably be a guy that as Diallo graduates and, you know, maybe Lattimore steps in the start. And Lattimore could start this year. 
but I definitely see him as a senior, you know, being an impact player. I mean, Brownsburg, they're good enough to win state this year. They, they you know, they're definitely going to be the favorite team next year unless something weird happens. So they're, they're my seventh. Carmel they're kind of comparable. Seven. They're kind of comparable to Ben Davis in a way. You know, Ben Davis had that, you know, that class, that senior class they have this year. You know, mm-hmm. they were just, you know, I, I kind of compare them that junior class to Ben Davis' senior class in a way, just by the depth of talent. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, I know one, that's what I was thought for Carmel's 2023 class. I know at one time, I, this is before Garway even moved in. I, I thought Carmel had nine nine kids in the class 2023 that could contribute for a lot of teams. I knew not all nine would, would be at Carmel when they were seniors. I mean, Homestead received a transfer, Kyron uh, Kwiapuiki, uh, who, you know, this is that last name I continue to butcher, even though I, I met, <laughs> that was back and forth with his dad constantly. Uh, he was, by the way, he was this, the source of, Grant Leaper information, or at least the most recent Grant Leaper information. Um, well, which we broke in the three. We had breaking news in the three A podcast. Grant Leaper is in fact playing basketball this year. <laughs> per sources. So for those that are yeah, already out of my source, for those that were <laughs> counting Homestead out, don't. Grant Leaper probably the the second best defensive big man in the state behind Florida Badunga, but um, I mean. I thought Carmel was going to have nine, nine, nine kids in the class 2023 that could contribute for anybody. And I, and I, you know, again, I didn't think all nine would still be around, but, but Kapuiki is, is transferred to Homestead. Uh, Clay Richards isn't playing. Um, one kid, Lucas Parker transferred to Garen Catholic. Um, and then, you know, and then the other kids are still there. Garway of course came and went, uh, but the other kids are still there, but it's still, those are three, those three kids leaving or not playing this year, but they were pretty big pieces. I mean, Kapuiki would be a nice little starting guard next to <laughs> Jake Griffin. And it's unfortunate. It is. <laughs> not anything anybody can control necessarily. But uh, in case anybody missed it, Carmel's my sixth team. I've got them sixth. No reason to keep going on them. I'm like Bill Simmons with the Boston Celtics. We, there's not a podcast we can't go where we don't discuss Carmel. Kyler, who was your who was your anybody else have anything to add about Carmel? Kyler yeah. hates him. Got it. I think you <laughs> no, hit, I don't. Hit it. I think you hit no, it. No, I don't. Sam Sam Orm is one of my send, easily send, my top three favorite players. Send all your hate mail to Kyler Staley Twitter. <laughs> don't. I'm a big Sam Orm guy. Don't. It'll break my heart. <laughs> Everybody but Sam Orm's family, send all your hate mail to <laughs> Kyler Staley. I'm not I'm not gonna be allowed into a Carmel game this year. <laughs> Just because I have them ranked 11. There's no need for us both to be there, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Dominic, who was your sixth team? That's where I had uh Zionsville. Zionsville, okay. Yep. I had them at six. Yeah, you're hitting, you're hitting my wheelhouse on sectional eight. I mean, I've already outed everybody but one team here. We're about ready to get to them. Kyler, who was your sixth? I got Kokomo. You know, obviously it circles around Flory Badunga, but I mean, they got a nice squad. I like, 
like the Bellamy uh, brothers and I, I like Shane Spear. Um, you know, they made it to semi-state last year. And honestly, I think they make it to state this year. Um, I, I really do. And I think it's just, they're going to be a tough, they're going to be a tough team. I mean, Wait, you there's not six, many. So you all five of your other teams are from the South? Uh, well, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. All right. Uh, well, this, really? I don't know. You sure about well, got, that, Kyler? You sure about that? You sure about that, Kyler? I got Penn. Where's I'm, I'm like well, Penn's definitely north, in case you missed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like now Penn I got to Penn is the north. The north, yes. <laughs> there's there's yeah. about as north as you can get. Rest of them are south. Except Penn. All right. Except Penn. All right. Um yeah, I mean, Kokomo's, well, I mean, Kokomo, yeah, Kokomo's definitely going to be good. I got more names for you when we get to, when we get to on my end, right? <laughs> Kyler, who's your fifth? My fifth? I got Zinesville. That's where I, I got him. Okay. Yeah. I think the big thing is just obviously Logan Hines' health. Um, you know, other than that, you know, Logan Hines and Nick, uh, is it Reihardt? Richard. I think it's Rehart, but Rehart. We don't know. Okay. We don't. <laughs> we'll have a whole podcast on that. On pronouncing names. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, Dominic, honestly, Dominique, I don't know. So for four years, for three and a half years, I pronounced it Kaleo Kakalia. Kakalia. For, for, for three years, I pronounced it Kaleo yeah. Kakalia. So then the Fall League, they won the Fall League last year. And so finally, I just, like, I mean, I'd seen Kaleo all over the place. I mean, his parents followed me on Twitter. They subscribed to the website. Not one time did they ever, hey, it's Kakalia. <laughs> and I, I go back and I would go back and forth on him. Not, not one time did I ever pronounce it Kakalia. And so finally I asked him at the end as we were handing out or we were taking pictures, team pictures for the teams that won. And I go, tell me how to. I go, is how do how do you pronounce your last name? He goes, Cackley. I'm like, I never, yeah, I never had it. I was <laughs> wrong every every single time. So Nick Rehart is the Cacalia of the class 2023. <laughs> I believe that's how it is. Don't quote me on that. I believe I said Richard for the longest time. Yeah, I still do. Rickhart, Richard. Tomato, tomato. Not really. <laughs> so, yeah, Zionsville fifth? Yes, that's where I got Dominique, him. I mean, Dominic, who, who was your fifth? That's where I had Kokomo. So, flip flopping right. again. Yep. Um, I had Kokomo at at five. And, and for them, um, yeah, they're interesting. They, they got obviously really hot at the end of the year, made a run, but you know, during the year, they were taking some lumps. You know, I think Lafayette Jeff beat them pretty good in the regular season at the end of the year. And then in sectional, Kokomo turned around and beat them. And then, like I said, they just got really hot. I think Shane Spear uh, kind of won that game for him in the regional final against Westfield. Yeah, he had um, four or five really nice possessions. Yeah, and obviously Flory. I mean, he's, yeah, we all know about Flory. Um, he's going to, but yeah, he's going to see a lot of, I would be shocked if he if he's you know getting the ball in the post without two or three guys on him. Um, 
at all times. Other guys are definitely going to need to step up and be consistent. And then also, I think in Kokomo, man, they, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be like, you know, New Albany was with Romeo, but I think it could be, it's going to be packed at those games and Flory's going to be, you know, that type of attention. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be the magnitude of New Albany, but I think it, you know, it certainly is going to be a lot of hype around there. I think it will be. You think it will be all the way to that effect? Well, yeah, definitely. If you go to, especially at Kokomo. Yeah. I mean, neither one of those schools have outstanding parking situations. Um, <laughs> you know, Kokomo too, you get the Bellamy brothers, you got Reese Spear, and they got everybody back. I mean, you talked about, you talked about Shane Spear is a good shooter. I think the problem with Kokomo at the beginning of the year early on was that Spear was not in basketball shape. And I think as he got in better shape and he was a little bit more consistent in his ability to stay on the floor, you know, he, he showed against Westfield that he was a tough matchup. He's a, he's a thick kid. He's a football player, you know, and it's, it's, you know, and, it, and it's, he's a kid that he, he uses his body. Well, if he plays football in college, he's probably going to have to change his body and get leaner. But at the same time, he's still a guy that takes up a lot of space and he can handle the ball and he can shoot. He can shoot it. I mean, he is he's a nice, he's a nice skilled player who who probably tapped out physically from a basketball perspective as a freshman. I mean, he he hasn't gotten any really any bigger since his freshman year. Uh, I mean, he was one of the names in the, when he was in middle school. Uh, you know, and and you know, an early maturing kid, but he's found his niche as a kid that can, you know you're going to send multiple resources at Vidunga. He's going to burn you because he can shoot it. And then they've got Patrick Hardiman, who, who really came into his own last year as, as a 6'5 forward, um, who can do a lot of different things. And, and you know, and then they had Jace Rail, who could really shoot it. Everybody knows his grandfather or should know his grandfather, Jimmy. And I think Jace was injured at the beginning, you know, in the first part of the year too. So, even though he doesn't provide a lot of production for them, he definitely, you have to guard him. And that was a kid that, you know, hit a couple shots and sometimes that's all it takes, you know, and they, they bring Brandon Bennett off the bench. who's a nice six, five athlete. So even when Bedunga was getting in foul trouble in the regional, Bennett would come in and just really kind of keep things at bay for them. Crafts the offensive glass. just really impressive. And, you know, the, so they've got, I mean, they don't have – I mean, I don't know how – I don't remember L.J. Gaines, their only senior last year. I don't remember what he did at the varsity level. It's, I don't mean that to be a slight to him, but they've got everybody back from last year. And, you know, but Dunga only going to get better. And every time I've watched him play, he's gotten better. Uh, my Who was your fifth, Kyler? Mine was Zinesville. My fifth is Fishers. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody knows about Jalen Harrelson. I mean, he is going to, I mean, he's, he's, look, we, I think we all had it. Did, well, who had, I know I had him as the top prospect in the state. Regardless I, I, of had, well, I had Flory over Jalen. You, you had Flory over Jalen. Dominique, you had Jalen, correct? I had Jalen. Zach had Jalen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we had three of the, and so that, but I mean, our top two were the same. 
All yeah. four of us had the same top two. All four of us had the same third and fourth guy. I mean, to me, when I looked at sectional eight, four teams, including Noblesville, Fishers, Carmel, Zionsville, and, and Noblesville. And I know I don't have Noblesville in my top 10, but I definitely have them that next group. The difference between Fishers at five and Carmel at six and projecting forward who might win the sectional is when all things are close, you go with the team with the best player on the floor. And to me, the best player on the floor will be Jalen Harrelson. Um, that's not to say that others couldn't have a better game in a head-to-head matchup. But, you know, this was, this was a lot like when Gary Harris was a sophomore, when he won the first sectional in Hamilton Southeastern history. Um, or was it maybe his freshman year? His freshman year, maybe. Where regardless of his grade, he was the best, he was the best talent on the floor. And I think that's what Jalen is going to be in every game he plays this year. The best talent on the floor. It's no different than Kyler having Heritage Hills in his top 10, because it definitely is going to be Trent Sist is going to probably be the most talented player on the floor every game they play. Um, now, you know, there's four teams in sectional eight that could, you know, that could win the sectional and not be a surprise. But, but to me, that's just was a little bit of an edge. You know, you've got, you know, you also look at their team. They, they do lose two pretty key senior guards in Bryce Williams and Charles, you know, and Charlie Smith. Uh, but, but they'll have Joe Anthony Hall, who is a tremendous athlete, also a sophomore. Um, they should get some production. Uh, they, they should get some production from um, James Stacy, a 6'8 senior, who's really coming into his own. And then they got Tade Metzger, Tade Metzger, sorry, who transferred into Marion, who is an outstanding shooter. Uh, you know, and those guys, you know, I just think they're going to, they got enough there. I don't know what their depth is going to be like. You know, if Grant Hayworth is going to step in and give them any minutes, you know, what type of minutes he's going to give at the varsity level. Uh, but but those guys, I mean, that's just – start with Harrelson, you're in a great spot. It's not exactly a surprise. <laughs> it's not a hot take, is it? It's not a hot Harrelson? take. I think so. I'm guessing you guys have <laughs> Fishers higher? I do, yes. I have Fishers at four. Four. All right, so that's your so your fourth is Fishers. Yeah, um, I wanted anybody to mention, anybody. Yeah, anybody I'm missing for them? Um, Keenan Garner, um, transfer from Germany. Okay, uh, I did I did see that name, but I'm not. You know, it's hard uh, to tell much without seeing him, without knowing who he is and seeing him play. Yeah, I just I'd seen some highlights on him. Obviously, I, I don't know how much that means, but definitely. His skill about six, 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 seven, shooting shots from the perimeter, getting to the rim, finishing above the rim, and then had a very reliable source at their workouts um, combine and, and said that, yeah, he's going to start for them. Cool. Uh, um, so what was that? I said cool. <laughs> oh, I thought my bad. Um, but yeah, so he he's going to be a big uh, 
I think, I think, you know, big contributor for him. But also I just look at last year, if you, if you watch Fishers, I don't think if you know anything about basketball, you could tell that obviously shooting was an issue um, mm-hmm. for, for them. And, you know, Jalen was pretty much playing the four last year, which, you know, he's a freshman. You got two senior guards. I think that's how it should have been. But now you move Jalen to the one with the ball in his hand, surrounding him with Tayden Metzger, one of the best shooters in the state. You know, James Stacy rolling to the rim at 6'9", 6'8", 6'9". They got some shooters off the bench. I just think just they're not going to have the regular season they did last year, but I think um, roster-wise, personnel-wise. <laughs> they might. I don't know why they uh, won't. Well, what they, what, 21-2 and two last year? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, they to just, do, but. But I'm, I'm, from my angle, I'm just the Harrelson's basically the only one that has varsity experience like that. Like Stacy didn't play varsity last year. Metzger obviously played at Marion, but he'll be his yeah, first year. Uh, their their best shooter last year was Sean Millsaps, who didn't who didn't start for them. Yeah, who didn't yeah. Yeah, didn't start for them. So that's that was my thing. Is just like personnel wise, I think by the end of the year, I think they have better chance of advancing with Harrelson on the ball now more. And kick, you know, being able to kick out to some shooters and, and some guys like that instead of last year where, you know, there, there wasn't a ton of shooting, wasn't a ton of floor spacing. And then it wasn't like guys couldn't shoot, but you get in the sectional, everything gets a little bit tighter. Uh, you know, you can you can have a game where you can't really get hit anything from the outside. And it's kind of what happened there. Yeah. So that was your fourth. That was your fourth. Kyler, who was your fourth? I got Penn. That's where I got him. Yep. Obviously, he starts with Marcus Burton, who's going to be, you know, a Mr. Basketball candidate, Notre Dame commit. Um, and then also in the backcourt, you got Joe Smith and Joey Garwood, um, who are expected to have strong senior seasons. And then you got junior Dominic uh, Bonner um, to uh, provide additional depth there. And then their front court with uh, Josh, uh, is it Get- Getty? Is that you were saying? I think. Okay. Was and then Dil- – Sure. These last names have been brutal. <laughs> he's, he's the so he's the X factor because he's the kid that kind of came out of nowhere. I, mean, I don't want to say came out of nowhere last year, but he's the kid that didn't produce a ton statistically, but it's just a big factor. I mean, he's so freaking long. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he's he reminds me of Dylan Beverly at Franklin. I mean, he's just. And Beverly's probably more skilled than he is, but but Gatete is just is just a kid that I mean, God, I just didn't didn't know much about him until about Christmas last year, and by then it was just kind of too late. He would look nice next to Jake Cherry in the summer. <laughs> Not sure how he how he would have gotten to practice, but but he would have looked nice. I mean that you know definitely that type of length. I mean, just a really nice, you know, nice, nice piece to have along with the, the guards that they've got. I mean, Penn, they may, they may have, they may be challenging Ben Davis, the best backcourt in the state. I don't know. It could be. Well, also with the forwards, throw in Dylan Durda. Um, yeah. As well. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid front court right there. It's a skinny front court. It is. <laughs> it's an athletic front court. My my fourth is Kokomo. I think I added in the extra names that that Dominique didn't didn't touch on or or Kyler, whoever it was, whichever one of the two. Yeah, you. Um, 
you know, and again, I just, you know, you get a chance to see him play a lot and great up close look of them in the, in the regional last year, being at Logan's port, being at Logan's port the whole day. And, and, um, and their head coach is a former player of mine. So kind of anxious to see how John handles them this year. And, and, you know, there's going to be a lot more pressure on them. Last year, they were kind of the underdog. It was kind of like, you know, not that he's not out there sweating every single possession. And that's not going to be any different this year than last. But this year, they're going to have targets in their back. And he's going to have to figure out how to handle that and, and make sure the rest of those guys understand this, that everything goes through Flory. Uh, not that they don't have other talent, but everything's got it. I mean, the floor has got to get touches. They, they get in stretches where he's not getting touches when he's on the floor. Uh, <laughs> he's got to touch every possession. May get ugly. May get ugly. Um, who did – so, Dominique, your fourth was, again? Fishers. Fishers, okay. So, then who was – Kyler, who was your third? My third is Fishers. I've got Fishers, Fishers in my top Fishers. three. Yep. Okay. Dominique, Sorry. who was your third? My third was Penn. Penn. Yep. So we covered that. My third is Penn also. So our top two is probably the same two teams in, in whatever order. <laughs> I would think so. I would so hope. <laughs> this is where, so this is where we were. So yeah, this is kind of where we were with the, the top ten prospects. Okay, so Dominique, who was your second team? I got Cathedral at two. Yeah, Cathedral two. Okay, Kyler, who was your second team? I got Ben Davis. You got Ben Davis at two. I also have Ben Davis at two. Um, when we talked in July, maybe late June, I had Ben Davis as one. But the transfer and, and subsequent, well, the pending eligibility of of, um, of Slaughter. Kamari, yeah. Kamari, Slaughter. I think changes the dynamics of Cathedral a little bit because the question they're going to have is while they have talented guards, right? They're young. And those guys are going to have to really be able to handle Ben Davis's pressure. And I think Slaughter would have gone a long way to, to easing that burden a little bit. Um, but that was that was a difference for me. I mean, I had Ben Davis as number one up until about the beginning of the school year, basically, when it turned out Slaughter was enrolled at Ben Davis or enrolled at Cathedral. Um, what did you like about uh, let's see who you had Ben Davis at one? Yep. Who would you like about I me? Mean, I mean, anybody that listens to this knows already knows who the pieces are, right? Right. Um, it's not like well, we shouldn't talk about them, though, right? Go ahead and talk about it. They're your number one team, so you tell us about Ben Davis. Yeah, I think uh, their backcourt is uh, four guys who are, you know, probably a little bit more than four. Actually, they got a lot of depth, but their top four guys I like a lot. Sheridan Sharp, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at, at the point. Um, and then K.J. Windham, obviously. Um playing the, you know, the two or the three, just a really, really good shooter. I think he's huge piece for him because I think their biggest thing is going to be uh, their biggest weakness potentially could be just scoring the ball. Sometimes they get in some droughts. Um, 
but I think he brings that, you know, a consistent shooting piece that they need. And then uh, Clay Butler, I like his ability to, he can, he can catch and shoot, but I like his ability to get, you know, take his guy off the dribble, get, you know, break down the defense and create for others and create for himself as well. And then two of the hardest playing guys in the state, you know, Sean Arnold, who just committed uh, to a division two school, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Awesome defender, one of the best defenders in the state, uh, versatile defender, but also can score on offense, plays super hard. And then obviously Zane Dowdy plays extremely hard, right? Is mo everything you want out of a big guy, right? Just rebounds everything, high points, everything, dunks, tries to dunk everything, blocks, runs the floor super hard. So just two bigs that play super hard, you know, three guards that start that are really good. And then, you know, off the bench, um, Zachary off the bench, the sophomore who got, you know, started a couple of games last year as a freshman, but will get a lot of good minutes. Um, I think his main sports football, but um, really good guard for them. And then even the, uh, the other four, the six, six kid who you coach Jim, that's skipping Jesse my Ferris. Yeah. Ferris as well, who can, who can uh, stretch the floor and shoot it as well. So just mm -hmm. really, really complete team. I think they make teams uncomfortable when they're on defense. You know, they can make teams really uncomfortable and put pressure on. And and uh, I got them number one. Yeah, well, I mean, Wyndham's their one shooter, right? He's their one guy who can definitely knock it down. And that's he's, – he's different from the rest of their guards in that regard. I mean, not that Sharp and, and Butler can't hit open shots, not that Zachary – does you know doesn't hit open shots, but but as far as the guy who can get get shots and, and hit contested shots, it's Wyndham. And and to your point about Dowdy, what's really impressed me with him is just his improved discipline. You know, he's not out there. He's not out there chasing stats. He's not out there yeah. chasing blocks. He, he values verticality. He values position. He understands what it's like just to be big. Sometimes it's okay just to be big. Get big. Get vertical. And that's you know you trying to tell big kids that a lot, you know, instead of them just trying to always go for block shots and, and, you know, most block shots are weak, you know, weak side rotations, but because referees don't tend to give you the benefit of the doubt when you're right at the ball, you know, especially, you know, if you can't maintain your verticality, um, but he's just really become so good defensively, but anything there, Kyler? Anything I mean, else? yeah, obviously with Ben Davis, it's the depth that really stands out to me. Um, they got got to be easily the, well, he's I would say probably the deepest team in 4A, um, but I mean with me with Cathedral over them, as hard as it was to rank the 4A teams, Cathedral's just kind of a you know until proven otherwise you know they are the defending 4A champs. They got Xavier Booker, they got Jake Davis back, Jaron Tibbs. I mean the pending you know eligibility of Kamari Slaughter. I mean that's just a team right there. Um, but and until proven, you know, into into March, if they get beat in March before you know the state championship, they are the defending champs, and I, I gotta stick with them as my number one team. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, uh, that definitely makes sense. I, it's, I think, what tipped it was Slaughter's transfer over. I mean, sincere Germany is also a piece, yes, also a guy that, that could see some starting minutes, and he's a very good defender for them. I think the one kid that they've got, um. I got, oh crap! Don't close on me now. Don't close me now, guy. Um, who, ah, come on! Don't don't do this to me. One of their guards there. Who's Stop. their shooter? Well, Zach no, no, Meeks. Kennedy no. and Kennedy and LeBron 
Derek Kennedy and LeBongo are the two point guard, you know, the two guards yeah. I was talking about. Those if they, if they don't start both of them, one of them probably will start. Yeah. You know, even if even if Slaughter's there, I think I don't think I think one of them would still start. And and I go back and forth on who's better. I mean, I do think that LeBron has the higher ceiling. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, there, there's times where Kennedy has a better nose for the paint, is a little bit more of a bulldog mentality, and is also out there, um, also out there, you know, able to find people and, and, and make, uh, you know, make other guys better. Um as I say, a kid that needs mention for Cathedral is, and I'm, like I said, I'm not sure where the minutes fly are coming from this year. I'm sure he'll get some minutes, but he can really score. Love his potential. He's left-handed, about six, 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 seven. Um, can't think of his name. Um, I mean, they got. Is it? Are you thinking of Sheldon, Dateline? No, no, he's a transfer from Carmel. Another. Hold on here. I'm going to try to find it. They have a New Jersey transfer, Zach Meeks. Yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, yeah, they did. That's right. They did get that transfer in. I think the kid we're talking about, thinking about, is Brady Kohler. That's it. Yep, that's who it is. Yep. Who who spent mo- a lot of his time really in the year on the freshman team, worked his way up to the JV team, and then this summer was a kid that started for him in June. Didn't, didn't dress varsity. If he dressed varsity, it was nominal. It's like kind of, you know, here's your jersey, sit there and cheer type of guy. But Brady Kohler is the kid. And, he, you know, he's listed 6'3 last year in their program, but he is definitely he's, grown. And, he's listed at 6'7 now. And, you know, their other guy that I didn't realize, Devin Slaughter. There's a name, Devin Slaughter. That's got to be Kamari's cousin, right? Because that's who Kamari's – as of now, Kamari's not eligible. That's what the latest effort. Latest effort. Yeah, unless that's changed since last last middle of last week. Um, I mean, yeah, I I did forget about the other transfer too from Cathedral, but I mean, I've got them number one, just on the strength, and you know, and they've also got another sophomore, Albert Johnson, that in a lot of places would be, you know, probably a kid that would get some good varsity minutes. Sheldon Gaten, like we talked about. It's, that's Kyler's favorite guy. <laughs> One of Kyler's oh, yeah, favorite. we talked about him a lot. Yeah, I mean, Sheldon kind of goes from the, the frying pan into the fire in terms of role. I mean, he leaves Carmel, goes to Cathedral. I don't know that his role will change any. I, I still think he probably sees most of his minutes at the JV level, which at Cathedral isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but... I don't. If he's able to squeeze in some varsity minutes, it's it's a nice long piece for them. Who actually shoots the ball? You know, he shoots the ball well, and and you know could be a factor defensively at least. You know, around the basket. Um, You know, we've not really touched on their major guys. You know, Booker and and you know Booker and Jake Davis. I mean, I think most everybody knows about those two guys. Um. You know, Jerron Tibbs, you know, he'll have to get his sea legs underneath him because he'll have football still. 
he's not going to come back in, in great shape. He's not going to come back in basketball shape. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to even see him not start to, to begin the year and have Brady Kohler. I mean, Brady Kohler is a kid that goes from the freshman team to starting varsity as a, as a soft, as a sophomore. A good chance of that just because he's such an outstanding shooter. At, at Cathedral, too. And, that. I, I would, and I, I could see Delaney sticking with him. Like bringing, bringing, you know, bringing Tibbs off the bench. I like the whole that. Year. I really like that. I mean, I don't know what this new transfer looks like. I've heard good things. Um, but I don't know if he gives them duplication or gives them anything different. What they need is more outside shooting, just like Ben Davis. And, you know, the kid, you know, Kohler provides that. Kohler definitely provides that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, got him number one. So, and to say that it wouldn't be surprised to see them repeat isn't exactly, a, again, not exactly a hot take. <laughs> uh, who are some other teams? Southern Indiana, woefully, woefully unrepresented in, in my list. Who, who were some other teams, Kyler, that you had that we didn't really talk about? I mean, I, w- I would say Bloomington North was one. Uh, I mean, we did talk about them. I'm trying to think of just teams off the top of my head. Um, I can't. I can't think of any anybody I south. Had a, I had a gaggle. Go, go with your south, list. I had Southport and Lawrence North. Although, as of today, David Merriweather not eligible. Really? Yeah, Lawrence Central. Um, again, as of today, today's Wednesday, you know, Wednesday before, you know, Wednesday before the season starts. So, you know, by the time this thing comes out Monday could be eligible. Um, Lawrence central, of course, Kamari with Kamari Jones and, and Dijon Craig, Josh Mickens. I'm, I think Mickens is still playing basketball this year. He's committed to, where's he committed to for football LSU? think so. Yeah. Franklin surprise sectional winner last year with um, um, Micah Davis, Dylan Beverly, Homestead had them here um, even without Leaper. Leaper makes them better. Um, Valparaiso, Mason Jones going to Ball State. Jack Smiley, sophomore guard, uh, was was really. Anytime they played major competition last year, they they really struggled. The, the, the Carmel game, they just weren't competitive until the final three minutes. I expect a different game this year at Valpo. Looking forward to driving up there to watch that, actually. Because I, I, Coach Coleman, I like like watching them, like watching his teams play. They always play hard. Noblesville, we've talked about them. Kyler thinks highly of them. I mean, I've got them here in this list. North Central. I mean, shoot, man, new pal <laughs> could be good. Uh, Greenfield, Greenfield. If they get any rebounding at all, Mount, you know, the uh, one team that we we probably are going to not talk about a whole lot this this year, but got a lot of young guys. Mount Vernon. Yeah. I mean, three freshmen and a sophomore that will get major minutes there for them. Um, Evansville North. Well, here, so here are three teams. Evansville North, Floyd Central, and Center Grove. Evansville North and Floyd Central both won sectionals last year, both 
graduate absolutely everybody. Well, Floyd Central's got Caleb Washington, but but they graduate damn near everybody else. Um, Evansville Wright, same situation. They got a lot of new faces there at Wrights. And then Center Grove, I think my one question mark with them was they have a good good collection of guards, but then who else? That's the thing. So those are all the teams that I had down. I know it's a lot, but it's 4A, and there's just a lot of talent there. It's a, It just showed that the class of 2023 is extremely deep. And then you throw in Mount Vernon with their, their young guys, and that's kind of what this next group of guys are. A bunch of good seniors, and with the exception of Mount Vernon. You know, we're, you know, Mount Vernon in two years be one of the top teams in the state. Anybody we missed, Dominique? You you were you were definitely wanted to mention some extra Fort Wayne teams, but anybody else yeah. we missed? Um I did have New Pal down. Um from the region, I I had him and Central down. Um you know, I think they got some pieces coming back. Um I did I did put Chesterton down again, you know, with the two juniors yeah. now. And then they do have a their senior class doesn't have the names, but I think they do have some pretty good seniors now as well that can contribute this year. Yeah, that's, that, that was a weird one. You know what? None of us had them in the top 10. Yeah, I don't think they're they, top 10, but. And they do have a lot back. Yeah. I mean, I they're, they're juniors, they're seniors, incoming seniors are not guys that produce a lot statistically. Um, you know, obviously that um, – Obviously, Tyler Parrish and Justin Sims that are two bigger names as juniors. I mean, it's going to be hard for them. I mean, they're probably still one of the best teams in the region, if not the best team in the region, right? Or One of them, yeah. I think it's pretty – it's kind of a toss-up this year, I, th- I feel like. Them and Valpo and – I think Cam and Central is going to be pretty good up there that way. I, I do. I um, Crown Points up there, Monsters yeah, up there, but yeah, but. I'm not. I'm not fully on board the Trilly bandwagon. I don't. I know they won the sectional last year, I believe. Right. Correct, and then they got beat by Penn in the first game of the regional, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's a clear favorite from the region. Maybe maybe we got a Zach. I mean, I, I, I think, well, I mean, like, look, it's, it's kind of hard to count out. We probably all screwed up on Chesterton, didn't we? I mean. I don't know if it's a screw up per se. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I was going to say, I don't know about top 10, but I think they deserve mention with the other teams. I mean, they lose a lot. They lost a lot in Grayson. They lost a lot in Mullen. Yeah. Um, I, I love Justin Sims. Their juniors are nice role players, and I and I guess if Sims and Parrish can really step up, yeah, if one of those juniors ends up being a scorer, maybe Owen Guest, perhaps, right? You know that's, but they relied on Grayson so much, you know, and it was his struggles in the state championship game that sort of created the snow, the avalanche. I just say the snowball, but it was the avalanche that, uh, you know, that Cathedral just swallowed them up. I mean, they could come back a little angry. 
prove us all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Who are the two Fort, the Fort Wayne teams you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I just wanted to throw, I, I think a team that has probably, if not the most talent, definitely uh, right there at the top of talent-wise is Northside, uh, yeah. Fort Wayne North. They, if they can, you know, consistency, playing together, you know, all these things and, you know, play into factor. But just pure talent-wise with Tate Johnson coming back, obviously his main focus is football. But on the court, he's, you know, physical presence and 6'4", super athletic, you know, fills the box score. Um, and then Brayshawn Bassett as well is back. He's started for a few years, Jordan Green. But then they add the 6'5 transfer from Pike, Eugene Young, who I think can be a nice piece for him because he can really – he can he can shoot. He's got a nice three-point shot. He can get off the dribble as well and create. And then they do have another transfer from Garrett, another 6'5 kid who can really shoot. So I think those two transfers can can kind of, you know, round out their team, potentially being able to stretch the floor and shoot it. Right. But like I said, there's other factors that play in with Northside. Uh, if you've watched them, I know I think they started last year. They had a, another talented team. I think they started 0-7. Um, but That's by the, the end, 0-4. <laughs> yeah, I think they were, they were 0-7 to start because I went to the Marion game when they were 0-7 with my cousin who's uh, on the Warsaw staff, he was there scouting and, and he's like, how is this team 0 and 7 type of thing, you know? And like I said, consistently, consistency playing together. Um, it was an issue last year. So we'll see how it goes this year. But like I said, on paper with the talent, they do have talent for this area. Um, and then Wayne high school as well. Didn't win a ton of games last year, but they're super young chase Barnes, has a couple of division one offers already as a sophomore. Um, Henry Dillard, six five, six six, big kid who's a sophomore this year who started for him as a freshman. Uh, Javon Lewis, who's a junior this year, left-hander who can really score. And then Monty Smith is a name who's on my under the radar list in Fort Wayne, who is going to step up into a leadership role and had a really good summer and fall. And a lot of people are kind of talking about Monty around the Fort Wayne area. Um, yeah. so, so I look for them to, to have, you know, have obviously a better, better season than last year. Now that everyone's a little bit older. Um, and then just, yeah, wanted to mention a little bit of Warsaw as well. You know, with Jackson Gold, I saw him last year almost beat Chesterton by himself. Uh, I think he had like, he rattled off like 13, 15, 17 points in a row or something like that. Was keeping Warsaw in the game with Chesterton. And then another kid they have, his last name is Heckman as well. Really, you know, athletic kid. Uh, strong. He's going to be the, probably their second best scorer. And then, um, and then Jackson's brother, Carson Gold, is a sophomore. And hearing that he's a really good point guard, setting the guys up, you know, setting his teammates up, really high IQ, doesn't make a lot of mistakes type of a kid. Um, so hearing some good things about him as well. So um, just wanted to mention Warsaw a little bit as well. But those are the three teams I want to talk about. They have a great offensive line that plays basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, Luke Yeager, 6'7", 230. Russ Winchester, who's been a varsity player for them since his freshman year, 6'4", 255. Isaiah Courtois, 6'3", 280. Kyle Dawson, 6'5", 245. I mean, they could lead block. <laughs> 
They're gonna have to put those know. guys on Flory tomorrow night in their scrimmage, being around. Yeah, they, a put little them, bit. they put them on Flory last year during their scrimmage too. That didn't go well. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think <laughs> he had about thirteen dunks in that game. I think he did have. He had thirty. Yes, I remember the count. I remember there was a there was so geez yeah, it was all the it was all a message board. It was about some of us saying I had thirteen dunks and it was like yeah, probably had about seven turnovers too. That's that's the part that I think John got that Peck and Paul got corral was Flory thinking he could rip and run. He was right. good, great in space, just couldn't hail in transition and um, you know that's just things that get ironed out. You know, ironed out in the wash as you as you get deeper into the season and start preparing. And, and like you like you said, you know, Kokomo didn't necessarily start out great last year. Yeah, uh, they they you know they figured some things out and they developed some boundaries and you know and you get a kid like Flory who hasn't played basketball that long just really starts to figure stuff out and gets a lot lot better as the season goes on. I think he's got a chance to be scary good. Him and Harrelson both. Yeah, gonna be a hell of a regional. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I I'd rather see Carmel there, but either way, <laughs> as long as it's one of those, you know, as long as it's one of those four teams that we've talked about, yeah, going to be a good regional. I mean, Rehart versus Badunga isn't exactly a bad matchup, right? That'd uh, be fun. That'd be fundamentals versus the Phenom right there. You know, watching you know Carmel's basically five man motion. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know where I'm going yet tomorrow night. We're filming this. We're filming this. We're recording this Wednesday. I went to Fisher's tonight for their scrimmage. Of course, it's tomorrow night, so I went out there for nothing. <laughs> Luckily, it's not that far, so I don't know where I'm going tomorrow night. If I'm going to go watch Carmel play Lafayette Jeff or Fisher's play Newcastle, I did. I thought it was. I thought it was Wednesday, and I'm driving over there, and I get there, and there's it's wrestling. <laughs> So, anyway, all right, guys, anything else? That's it for me. Uh, we are done. Not, not we my end. Dominique has experienced a long night. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. <laughs> Did you work from home? Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm good. That's I'm used to it. I'm used to it anyway. I will go to bed at 1. I'll wake up at 5. We'll be good to go. <laughs> It's like my daily routine. Kyler, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm ready for the season to start. Yeah. That's all I got to say. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't already checked out the, the previews for the other, other three classes, the 1A, the 2A, the 3A, all of them published today, today being Monday, the, the day before, you know, the Monday before Thanksgiving, although we're recording it uh, at a different time. But everybody, thanks for listening. Kyler, appreciate it. Dominique, appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys uh, later. Sounds good. Later. See you.